Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the RFP. I'm your host, Vahid Farzana, Chairman and CEO of Freestyle Creative. Kelly Gann, Freestyle's President, is also joining me for this discussion. Today's topic is all about remote work. Our guests are Bree Shara, Vice President of Sales and Op at Clever, and Elena Walker, Chief of Staff at Tailwind. These Oklahoma City-based tech companies have been doing some cool work, and we're excited to talk to them today. Elena and Bree, thank you so much for joining us. So the first question I have is uh, for Bree. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Clever, and what does Clever do? Yeah, thank you. Um, so my name is Bree Shara. I am the VP of Sales and Operations here at Clever. Um, Clever is a custom development shop here uh, based in OKC, founded in OKC. We've been going for a little over 10 years now, so we've seen the gamut of, of all types of work and things, uh, including, you know, the impacts of, of COVID, of course, over the last year and what that's meant for, for people that have not, you know, historically been uh, clients or customers or even interested in technology for that matter. But um, you know, a lot of people realized they had a they had a digital uh, transformation strategy, whether they wanted it or not. Um, so what we do is we uh, we build custom software solutions. Uh, we support existing software solutions, and we like to um, we like to focus on artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, you know, intentional design, and uh, user experiences that are going to not only you know, impact the business um, in, in a way that was intended, but also um, maybe unintended uh, aspects of, of having a good experience in increasing that change management and um, the overall efficiency of, of the business. Wow. Very cool. That's awesome. Uh, Elena, we'd love to learn more about you and your role at Tailwind and what Tailwind does as well. Sure. Um, so my name is Elena Walker, and my role here at Tailwind is Chief of Staff. And uh, before I joined this position, I wasn't really sure what a chief of staff at a tech company does, to be honest. Um, and for what that means here at Tailwind, uh, I oversee all of the people operations. So everything as it relates to culture, leadership development, helping the managers of the team really grow their teams. Um, I do a little bit of hiring, recruiting, HR, so anything related to people and an occasionally special kind of projects here and there. Um, so Tailwind is a company based out of Oklahoma City. We also have office in New York, but like most companies, over the course of the pandemic, we've added a lot more remote people kind of across the, the country as well. I think today we're at about 82 people total. So the team has grown quite a bit over the last year, um, about 30%. And uh, we really focus on technology for very small businesses. So very small, like um, one or two people kind of operations that have blogs or Etsy or whatever that looks like and helping them market themselves through places like Pinterest and Instagram and Facebook. So uh, we've been growing quite a bit and we have customers all over the world. And it's, it's been a fun, fun journey. Wow, that's incredible. I've, I've seen you guys grow over the years. So that's incredible. Congrats. Um, this first question, Elena, I'll start with you. Um, with COVID-19 impacting the world, a lot of workplaces went remote. What was your workplace set up before COVID-19 and how did it change in 2020? Good question. So it was a hybrid environment from the beginning because we have office in Manhattan and in um, Oklahoma. And then we had a few people working remotely, but I think for us, um, our preference has always had to have people in the office. So we have a really strong office culture. We're known for a really strong kind of um, tight knit group of um, really creative people. And so with that, through the course of COVID, 
we started opening up more roles remotely because we knew that once people got used to working remote, it would be really hard to go back to a five-day work week in the office. So we've kind of embraced that and um, we've added a lot more remote people to the team. And we've had to change the way that we kind of communicate and collaborate online and through video and things like that. And I think one of the biggest changes for me is being a lot more intentional in terms of how people are doing. So you have to create kind of processes and methods to figure out how teams are doing and how everybody is feeling about the various situations they have going on in their lives. So it's been a, it's been a shift for sure, being that we had two predominantly office-based locations and now we're shifting towards remote first um, because we feel like you have to in order to be inclusive regardless of who's in, in the office and who's not. So. Very cool, thank you for that. Brady. Do you, do you guys have something to add about that as well? Um, no, I think that was that was great. I think we had a very similar experience there being already um, a business that can function remotely, um, but not used to being, um, you know, fully remote. Most of our, even our developers, which I think is kind of uncommon, most of our um, in the weeds developers actually really liked being in the office, right? So it was, it was very hard to make sure that we, um, gave them what they needed, uh, supported their new work, you know, lifestyle and continued to make them as efficient as possible. And then of course, as soon as we were able to come back into the office and we're starting to, um, you know, normalize things a little bit, uh, we just created a, a pathway for people to say, hey, you know what, if you, if you love working from home and you are more efficient that way and that is now your jam, please do that. Uh, we're totally happy for you to do that. However, for all you extra social people, that need to see, you know, humans uh, occasionally and, and interact with your peers or with your teams um, in person. You know, let's let's book some time. Let's make sure um, we create a pathway for you to um, plan and, and be proactive with your time in, in person. And that, that seemed to really, really help um, and, and obviously lift the, the morale and the culture of the organization as things started to kind of unwind. Absolutely. Kelly. Maybe. Yeah, we are a very in-office collaborative team, at least before 2020. And so lots of in-person meetings, we'd be at client offices, we'd be on location for shoots. And so we had a lot of the systems and framework in place to be able to shift remote pretty easily, but just the nature of our culture was very in-person and collaborative. So that was one of the, the things that was a, a bigger challenge for us this year. Very cool. Yeah, and it's been going hybrid for me has been very good as well, just being able to be flexible and sometimes in the city, sometimes on the more. So um, yeah, Let's see. So this next question, I'll start with you, Bree. What were some of the benefits your team ex experienced from working remotely? Oh, that's a, that's a good one. So uh, I think one of the benefits uh, was we were able to very quickly identify the systems and processes that were not working, <laughs> right? Uh, they, may have, they may have worked in former function uh, because we could, we could make them work while we were in person and, and fill those gaps of um, either efficiency or you know, just complete understanding of, of a certain thing by, by visiting in person, right? So very quickly we realized, hey, there are a lot of things that um, are only kind of working. And, and obviously as a custom development shop, you know, we could make anything, right? But we could be that mechanic, you know, 
with a, a noise in their car that's been making that sound for two years. We may know what it is, but we are not going to address it right now because we're working on everyone else's things, right? So um, that really forced us into our own, um, you know, leveling up of innovation, which was really great. We um, identified a, a, you know, a set of products and a set of tools that not only could help us, but our clients at the same time, who were obviously dealing with very similar, um, you know, stresses or even just collaboration points, right? Just um, building out a, a way for proactive and self-service communication and um, action items or project management in between was, was very great. So the benefit there was us being able to really take a look internally and say, what do we need to scale? What do we need to become more innovative? And um, we were able to have the, the time and space to identify and then act on those things. So that was great. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. There's been a lot of benefits for that. So um, Elena or Kelly, do you guys want to add anything else? Uh, I can talk a little bit about lifestyle. So for us, um, you know, working from home has been something that a lot of people, at least in Oklahoma City, have never been able to really do because we're such a in-office kind of culture city. And um, things like for me, I have three kids and I've never been able to be home when they got off the bus in the afternoon. So having uh, a situation where people can be home with their, their pets and their families and their you know, errands and, and everything else. We've always been flexible, but I think it creates a new level of flexibility when um, work can kind of fit into your life instead of the other way around. So no more commutes and things like that. So as we move forward, it's, it's very voluntary in terms of, you know, when people want to come to the office and when they don't. But I think that that whole lifestyle shift in the sense of um, being able to travel and, and go where you want to go and you can still work and things like that has been really beneficial. And um, it's been helpful to see how people have kind of grown in their personal lives, being able to, to be a little bit more flexible in how they work and when they work. Absolutely. That was something I experienced this year too, was getting a lot more balance back. And so it was nice to be able to go on a, on a walk on my lunch break with my yeah. husband and yeah, just kind of reconnecting and taking a bit of a breath and appreciating that. So yeah, I, I agree. And for us also, it was interesting because we're getting more balance back in our life. But then at the same time, I know from our team's perspective, we were really productive. So a lot of us were getting an hour back into our day instead of, you know, spending an hour commuting back and forth or driving to luncheons or client meetings we could pack more into our work schedule too. So we'd be able to meeting surf from meeting to meeting and then have windows throughout the day where we could crank out a lot and be more productive and, you know, work independently. And so that was kind of nice. So I know for our team, yeah, it was getting more time back, the productivity and having that be a good focus for this year was really nice. I got to see my kids more often, so which is really nice for me. <laughs> I really enjoy that. So that's a big thing for me. It was really nice to be able to see them more often. So it's been great. Okay, moving on to the next question. So what were the some of the greatest challenges of working remotely and how did your company overcome those challenges? And this is free for anybody to jump in, but Elena, you're the first person on my screen if you want to take that one. Oh, sorry, I can skip to the next person. Just yeah, I think that, um, so one of the big challenges that we have is that because we are such an in-office culture, it's really easy to tell when people are struggling or when they don't understand something or they might need a little extra help because you're walking by their desk and you're sitting down at lunch and all these kinds of things. And I think that we've had a really 
become more intentional in how we evaluate how people are doing, not only just in terms of projects and skill levels and things like that, but also in the way that they're thinking about their career or how they're doing at home and how it's affecting them. So we've had to do things like um, add morning standups across multiple teams. We have like a common nomenclature in terms of how people are feeling. It's like, if you're red, then you're you're really struggling today. If you're If you're yellow, then you got some trouble, but things are going okay. And if you're green, everything's great. So we've had to add some structure around figuring out where people need help and where they don't. And so, um, and then over communication, because just because you say something in a video call once, it doesn't mean people are getting it because you can't see like the eye to eye contact that you used to have. So it's just been like communication overload a little bit in terms of making sure that, that people are really on the same page. So alignment has been kind of a challenge for us. Wow, that's some great insight, especially with the colors of red. Um, yeah, I haven't heard of that before. So that's cool because also with this year too, the mental health side of things too, and just navigating such a crazy year. And so I think a lot of workplaces are doing a great job with embracing that and having more of the check-ins to see, you know, outside of work. Yeah. How are you doing and how are you feeling? Cause that impacts productivity and, you know, how things are going throughout the workday too. So Elena, we were similar too. We had to get into really good meeting rhythms. And so we had a really good structure. So in the beginning of 2020, when we were really adjusting to the remote work setup, we had to have huddles each morning just to get into mm -hmm. a good groove where we were feeling comfortable with the setup and, and communication flows. And then from there, once we figured out we were, we were doing a pretty good job, we started tapering things back and it would just be pod meetings throughout the week. So we'd have all staff on Monday. We'd have our accounts team check-ins with their, their team on Tuesdays. We'd have creative huddles on a certain day. And then our executive team would get together on Friday. So getting into those grooves and having those times where we had the structure to get together was really nice. And I think that was a big thing for us. And then being intentional about team building too, because we're also a very collaborative and office team. And so we were missing out on the water cooler talk and just the micro interactions that you would have throughout the day that are so big for building relationships and culture. And so we had to be really intentional about that. And so I know uh, back in the, the early months of COVID, we would have uh, team building or happy hours end of day Friday just to get together and try to keep some type of normalcy and social interaction. So we did trivia bowls, we did spelling bees, uh, virtual happy hours, and that was a lot of fun. And then we started transitioning into safe, socially distanced outdoor team building and so that was really nice. And then we want to continue some of that now that things are getting safer and, you know, we're still remote, but making sure that we have that frequency of an office interaction, team building, getting together, because the social component is such a big part of it too, and getting to know your team members and building those relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we, we did something similar with the water cooler uh, concept. We um, if you're familiar with Slack as a communication and collaboration tool, right? Most people are, and definitely most people on the tech, tech side of things. If, if you're not, that's, it seems like a, you know, kind of a, an enigma, if you will. But um, we, as much as we created very intentional communication channels dedicated to um, internal work and client work and um, ideas or initiatives that needed to have a place for ongoing communication, we also created um, 
you know, like a random channel where people just post the random things that they find throughout the day or, and then we also scheduled monthly um, nights where we called it bad movie night, right? So the group would get together and um, collectively pull together a list of really terrible movies. And then the group would pick and vote. And then we would have, you know, kind of a happy hour style, um, you know, watching the bad movie night together, which, you know, as far as team building goes, I think that's, you get to know someone really well by their choices in bad movies, right? So it was, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was a great way to, to really humanize the interaction as much as you're trying to pair it off with efficiency and um, realizing that, you know, in those calls that you have with clients or even internally, you, you know, a, a kid may run across the background, right? You might have a dog be barking in the back or, um, you know, you might be, you might be serving lunch and, and giving fruit snacks to kids while you're trying to have a conversation with a client, right? But everyone was very welcoming and understanding and kind of embraced that, that humanization aspect of, yes, we work and, and we work hard and we do great things, but we're also people and mothers and fathers and, and part of a family structure that needs to be supported in that way. So nice. Yeah, there were several uh, <clears throat> conference calls I was on where my little kids would just jump in and open <laughs> the door and there they are, part of the conference call. So that was fun. Um, the biggest thing is I'm pretty extroverted. So I get my energy from being around people and talking to people. So going into, you know, being remote, the biggest thing I needed was the team building and the human interaction. So that's kind of how we, we pivoted with that just you know make sure everyone's good and uh people are interacting with each other and culture's in a good place so um so yeah excellent answer this is fantastic um this next one kelly if you want to I'll, I'll ask you first since you haven't gone first yet sure. but yeah how do you maintain company culture and collaboration when you're not interacting face to face as frequently I kind of talked about that a little bit, but yeah, and um, and we spoke a lot about that. So a lot of it was meeting rhythms. So having a good structure for those meeting touch points, that framework, being intentional about team building. We still had a lot of check-ins. So a lot of it also was having weekly check-ins with your team members. So a lot of our managers, we preserve those. You know, typically they'd be a coffee meeting, you know, at a coffee shop and just checking in for the week, but they switched over to phone calls and Google meet meetings instead, but still keeping those and checking in and seeing, Hey, you know, what are the, the things that are going really well this week? What are the challenges? And then I think for a lot of us also in our workplaces, we're lucky in that we're able to innovate and pivot really quickly and, you know, roll out policies that need to make things better. And so, and um, that was good, but yeah, from culture, it was meeting rhythms, team building, um, finding new ways to create water cooler chat. And then I'm curious for some of the other panelists too, if there were good Slack plugins that you guys use for, you know, culture and still implementing some of that, but just for more of the, you know, internal messaging setup side of things. I know there's some good plugins for that. Very cool. Yeah, no, Elena or Bree, you guys have anything to add to that? Um, I can pick up on the Slack plugin. I'm sure Brie has some too, but we use a system called Hey Taco. I don't know if you all use it, but essentially we've used it since for years now, and it's really become a little bit more prominent with COVID, but it allows anybody to give um, anybody on the team a virtual taco. So I'd be like, Taco Cameron, thanks for hosting a great meeting last night. Um, and then people can redeem those and give gifts to each other. 
And so it's a good way not only for people to um, praise one another and not just on a manager kind of employee level, but across the entire team, but to give visibility in terms of the wins, because that's one thing that's really hard being remote um, in terms of being able to celebrate all the little things that you accomplish through the course of the day to keep that motivation up. So yeah, um, there's been a couple of plugins that one. Uh, I couldn't live without the Google plugin in terms of telling me when my meeting is coming up and things like that. But. That's really good. I'm gonna look up Hello Taco. That's interesting. Um, we did, I wish I would have known about the Hello Taco thing because we would have been doing that immediately. Um, we we did on, on the side, we would send little care packages and um, you know, a lot of people work together so long, like we know we know what you're gonna order, right? So we'll send we'll send a surprise like DoorDash or something like that, especially if we know someone's trying to to hit a particular deadline um, or something of the sort. But uh, in Slack, uh, particularly, we did the, the Google Calendar integration, absolutely. We also integrated our project management software and our, um, we, we use, you know, design tools like Lucidchart, Lucidspark, um, obviously Jira, and, and another collaboration tool called Confluence, which is associated with Jira, um, because it all works very nicely and, and even connecting our time entry. So, the communication and the um, you know streamlined process that we could find through you know Slack reminding everyone to hey don't forget to put in your time entry or hey this new ticket has been assigned really kept um, the communication that we were um, doing directly and manually with each other you know, positive and and on a more personal level because the business function and the you know the work based tasks that are not always as fun to like push out to people individually. Uh, we're done, you know, um, basically through automation. So, so that was that was great. That's awesome. Automation helps. It's the way to do it. Um, <laughs> I'll start back with you with the next question, Elena. How how does your company balance the benefits of the flexibility of working remotely with accountability in the workplace? Yeah, uh, that's a tough one. I think um, we've always been very goal oriented. So we have a system called OKR, which is objective and key results. And so with that, it all comes down to goals for us and being able to measure against goals. So with the development teams, they've always been very accountability based um, simply through the framework of Scrum and things like that. But for us, it's like, okay, here's our quarterly goal. Here's the personal goals, here's your weekly goal, and really making sure that we're aligned there, that we're checking against goals, because it's really easy for projects to slip, um, whether they're creative projects or anything else, if you don't have that. So the kind of combination of goal setting and making sure that people are making progress towards goals and then check-ins in the morning. So my department, for instance, we have a morning check-in, we say, what are you working on today? What challenges are you having? And things like that. So it's that blend of the highly structured and then also the, the personal issues that people may be facing in terms of getting their work done. But we're not perfect on it yet. I think that there's still work to be done there. We're all figuring this out. Wow, very good. Brie or Kelly? Yeah, uh, so for us also talking about mm -hmm. goal setting, so we would have quarterly check-ins and that was Honestly, it was a part of our system before we went remote, but a lot of that shifted virtually. So we do quarterly planning, setting goals, and then that was for the agency overall, but then for each individual team member as well. So I think we, we have a very accountability-based culture already, and then also being in an agency too, 
there's tasks, there's fast timelines. Uh, you know, that's really the thing that people are evaluated on. It's not necessarily butts and seats. It's doing really great work and hitting those timelines and getting great results for our clients. And so uh, that's always been a part of who we are. And so the transition over to remote was pretty seamless because it was already accountability based to begin with. But for us, it was even just subtle things that we could implement into the remote work setup. So having that pod meeting to kick off the day, you know, early in the morning. So setting those meetings, so you've got that FaceTime. We also have a preference for having our screens on. So it just keeps that, you know, face-to-face interaction, that professionalism. And um, I think those were some of the subtle things that we did. And then really great project management software that helps us keep everything tracked with our tasks and timelines. So Function Point is what we use and it's, it's fantastic. Very cool. Thank you for that, Kelly. Bree, I know you were going to add to that. Yeah, I, I obviously we're very similar uh, with Elena and Kelly on both of those points of, of just trying to, to work efficiencies of, of your tooling and your technology and doing the, the personal check-ins in the morning, right? Um, but I we also do um, just some simple things, right, to let, to so, so people could let people know if they're stepping out for lunch or if they're going to go take a jog or if they're going to go pick up their kids from, um, you know, the, the school bus line, which we know takes approximately 37 minutes, right? <laughs> um, just to let people know that, um, you know, we're, we're stepping away for just a minute, we're, we're heading out, we're coming back, we're going to jump into a meeting, or, or even actually um, something that may seem counterintuitive, but um, basically letting a few folks that absolutely needed it go, go into some dark, dark mode time, right? I'm, and they would say, I'm going to be out, like, or I'm going to be off Slack, or I'm going to be um, you know, without my phone or not checking notifications for the next three hours so that I can get this task done. Um, and that was, that, that's great because obviously we know we're not, we're not checking in, we're, we're not, um, you know, ensuring that that's being done, but we know that that is being accomplished and the efficiencies found by letting people step away and kind of centralize themselves for, for a moment is, you know, it outweighs the, the cost of them potentially not being available to, to look at your like fun Giphy that you send or whatever in between, right? So it's a good way to stay efficient. That is true. And we, you know, use our calendars and put fifth gear on there so we can all be in, in the zone to be able to focus and not be interrupted. So it's been helping in that area as well. So, so yeah. Um, Brie, I'll let you take this next one, even though you finished this one, but I'll go ahead, I'll go ahead and let you take this question first. Um, what are some policies you found to be helpful for teams as they navigate rem- remote work life? And what are your favorite systems, apps, platforms, and tools for your teams working remotely? And I know we've talked a little bit about the apps, but um, if there's anything else you can think of. Yeah, yeah, that's great. We, we did kind of um, unintentionally go through some of these, but I think that's a good sign, right? Because we're, <laughs> we're, we're all looking at things that are either, um, you know, function or application or tooling or process or people management ideas and concepts that work well together to to form, you know, the version of what your policy might be. Um, I think we we actually had to, um, you know, work with our teams to say we absolutely are, are shooting for a target of um, of what you should be shooting for in terms of time. You know, as a development based shop, a lot of our work is is time based, so we want to hit at least a current benchmark of of what we think good looks like for for making sure we're tackling all of our projects in the right way. But also looking at time, saying you know, we saw you on at nine o'clock, right? It's, it's time to, it's time to turn off, right? So kind of being a little bit more intentional with making sure that 
people aren't always in overdrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if there is some, um, if there are personal things going on or if there are, um, you know, health issues or, or family issues related to, to others having, um, you know, health issues, then our policy was family first and take care of what you need to take care of, uh, just communicate, right? And in a lot of cases, you know, we don't want, we don't want people to burn their, their PTO because of, you know, certain things like that, especially if they are putting in the time and the effort at other hours of the day, right? So our policy became, you know, do what you need to do to uh, be successful and get done, but your family comes first and your mental health comes first. And if any of those things are in question or in a rocky place, communicate with us and we will do everything we can to lighten your load to make sure you can manage those things. So that was probably the number one thing that we did to make sure everyone felt supported and uh, connected, even though the remote life was making you feel otherwise. That's excellent. Support's very important during these times. Um, Elena or Kelly, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, Kind of similar to Bree. I think that from a technology standpoint, one of the things that we struggle with a little bit is um, the nature of video calls when you never, you you can't pick up on body language. So I don't know if Kelly has something to say or Bree does, and I don't want to cut her off. And in a very diverse environment, we have lots of personalities on our team. So we've had to put in some kind of best practices in terms of using the hand raise function on Zoom and in Google Meets and biasing towards the chat so that even people who don't feel comfortable kind of interrupting can can be heard and things like that because that has been a challenge because you're not reading people's body language anymore like we're all the same behind the screen and then things like what Kelly had talked about in terms of keeping your monitors on but um, to Bree's point we have mental health days so if somebody now that we're we're living at work um, if people need to take mental health days they can and we won't dive into a bunch of questions and things like that. It's really just about as long as people are hitting their goals, then we, we try not to have too many policies to, to figure out how you're going to get there. So, Right on. For us, when we were shaping some of our policies this year too, something that was important for us was also getting that feedback from our team. So we are really big on Google, Google Forms and surveys and getting a touch point and getting that information from our team to see, hey, what has worked well for you guys this year from a remote work standpoint? And then also navigating as we were leaning towards transitioning back into a flexible in-office and remote setup and what that new structure was going to be. We wanted to get that feedback from our team and see what worked well what didn't work well, uh, what health procedures should we keep in place, that sort of thing. So I think that was something that was big for us because, you know, oftentimes, you know, our leadership team, we can get great ideas from the entire team and want to make sure that we're listening to everybody and getting a lot of great feedback. And so that's been something that's been really helpful for us in surveying the team and getting the best ideas. Excellent point. Thank you. And Kelly, this is actually the last question, but I'll start with you. Um, looking ahead at the future, how do you think the modern workplace is going to change as a result of what we've experienced in 2020? I think a lot of people really like remote work. And so I think there's going to be a big shift towards that. I know a lot of places that may not have thought to have some type of remote work policy. I know a lot of them are introducing more of that consistently moving forward. So 
Uh, I think there's going to be more remote work. I think there might be a decrease in really big brick and mortar locations and uptick in, in co-working spaces. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see how commercial real estate transitions and how even brick and mortar locations are going to change. I think conference rooms are always going to be really important so you can get together and collaborate. But for the places that are very flexible or remote work focused, I think there's going to be a shift in how things move forward in the coming years. I 100% agree. The work combo, the hybrid system, it's been working really well. And people do like to go remote from my perspective. Um, yeah, Elena or Brie? Uh, yeah, I totally agree on that front. I think one of the kind of bigger elements that we as employers are going to be dealing with is the job market's a lot more competitive um, because people are getting opportunities from all over the country now, whereas others were have just thought of, okay, I'm in Oklahoma, therefore I need to find a job in Oklahoma. Whereas now um, that has broken open. And so we as employers have to be a lot more attuned in terms of what the team wants and what's going to fulfill their sense of belonging and mission and purpose. Um, and then from kind of an employee or just a person standpoint, there's a lot more job opportunities in terms of um, places, especially here in Oklahoma, because there you, you can't find a, the huge variety you would find in the Bay Area or things like that. But now that remote work has become the thing, um, there's more opportunity. So it's it's good from, from that standpoint and people being able to like pursue things that they wouldn't have thought possible, especially if you got like kids at home and the dogs barking and maybe you're you're helping an elderly parent and things like that. So it opens up some things in people's lives. Absolutely does. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, I'll I'll just add to that. I think the the dynamic of um, remote work is the outlier or is the exception will now be the standard. Uh, I think that people that maybe thought that they would love a remote uh, work life. Uh, potentially ended up being the people that not so much right as much as they thought that they were not a people person or you know whatever it was they turned it turns out that they might be um so i i think that that would be the case but there's still going to be a space for like you said really the the co-working and um the ability to make those in-person interactions count from a business and strategy uh planning standpoint i think people will definitely start getting more proactive and putting um their digital transformation and their cybersecurity and their governance practices and all of the work and, and tooling that will be required to um, support organizations that are transitioning to the mostly remote life, um, that'll become a priority, right? I think sometimes, uh, and, and a lot of businesses even now think of that as an afterthought. And I think that that will become a primary focal point for, for most organizations just from a standpoint of obviously we need to do this, but it's also something that will enhance the business. Um, and then the last one I think is is more on the fun side, right? Everyone is uh, now talking about you know Zoom fatigue or you know the virtual meeting um, just kind of going in day in and day out, and, and it kind of being the same thing. The novelty of it is is wearing off, of course, but. Um, you know, looking at technology as a tool to enhance that, right, and get creative with it. We've seen a lot of clients um, here at Clever that uh, the the idea of a virtual conference sounds amazing. Um, the application and the execution of something like that is is always difficult, right? So finding ways to interact and uh, leverage technology for your for the benefit of everyone without overdoing it or or you know putting it at a tier where some people can't engage or they don't understand, right? So 
there'll be differing levels of that um, depending on the organization. But I think virtual conferences, virtual interactive experiences, and, and not necessarily in, in the VR space, but potentially, but, um, you know, just just tweaking it and, and tuning it up just a little to, to make it uh, a little bit more of a, an engaging experience for people in those situations where you just absolutely can't be in person anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. In the, in the past two years, if two years ago, someone said, hey, this is, this is how things are gonna evolve. We never have, you know, guessed it. And what I've learned is things can change so fast. You just have to be ready to pivot. And, you know, businesses who were thinking remote from the, from the beginning, you know, kind of had an advantage to pivot into that because they already had systems in place. And then <clears throat> events like South by Southwest that were, like you were saying, things going remote, you, you never would think something like South by Southwest, such a big event would successfully work remotely, but here they are making it happen. So yeah, it's been, it's been incredible. But yeah, I think that was the last question. So thank you all so much for joining us on the discussion today. Thank you for sharing your team's perspectives on the remote work and how it's evolved over the last year. And for our listeners, you can connect with Tailwind and Clever, Clever spelled C-L-E-V-Y-R, online and on social media. That's it for our episode of the RFP. We hope you all have a great day.